0: welcome back guys to another episode of business from the vast boat podcast on the serious angler network and guys today we've got another solo show I am about sick of these I'm excited we've got a bunch of guests lined up I uh am coming off of I think we're six weeks now of tournaments <clears throat> some weekend tournaments some full week tournaments most recently here I just got in yesterday well late yesterday from uh let's see. Lake Oahe in South Dakota, which was awesome. I uh, was thoroughly impressed with the fishery. They're not everywhere. place fish is kind of small, surprisingly. I'm super excited to see how the elites break it down. They went out of the same place we did. We went on a mow bridge, which is on the north side, which is not where the elite series went out of the last time they were there. Um, there's not rock everywhere on that lake, and that's primarily where the smallmouth live. It's a massive lake. Uh, It's huge. Just it feels like you're on the moon. It's so cool up there and really enjoyed it. It was our state team qualifier because Colorado doesn't have very many big lakes. They basically choose another state that has a big lake in it. And we do our state qualifier there. And this year it was South Dakota, Lake Oahe. Been there before previously, but this time we went on a Moe Bridge. And it was an absolute blast. Um, ended up making the state team. I finished seventh. I was in sixth after day one. We canceled day two because of wind. And then um, day three, I really thought I I messed things up. I had 16 or 17, it was 16 and a half pounds the first day. And the second day, I came with like 10 pounds and was worried that it was, uh, it was over. But uh, luckily, a lot of people struggled that second day. And uh, I was lucky, though. Uh, to to make it in with with uh the seventh place finish but anyways um great fishery a lot of big fish i found a really big one in practice that i think was on a bed it water color wasn't quite visible enough to see in most places you could see some fish on beds there was kind of a a mix of things going on but uh, i think primarily the fish that i were catch, i was catching were bed fish that i couldn't see i'd go back and diligently fish for them um I was making a really long run. I was really impressed with the Phoenix. Handled the waves great. Um, big, big water. We had the first day of the tournament. We had a lot of guys with boat issues coming back in. Two guys took on water, guy cracked his jack plate, guy cracked his transom, trolling motors, all kinds of uh boat damage because uh it gets big. It's South Dakota, the wind blows, that lake's 285 miles long. And I was just impressed with the Phoenix. It ran really, really well. I never speared a wave, never came close to spearing a wave. Um, I was fast, man. I passed a lot. of boats. I don't think I ever got passed. And man, that boat, uh, I was impressed with. It's a, it's a 721. So it's, um, it's a narrow 21-foot hole or 20-foot 11, I think. And it was awesome. Did great in the waves. Fast boat. It's running 40 miles a day which is I think about the longest run I've made before and had no issues. So glad to get out of there without any boat issues could have happened to anybody for sure. And, uh, to the next one, but this, uh, I'm excited for, we've got a little bit of break here coming up. This was my, my heavy stack of kind of like spring summer tournaments. It seems I have every year and then things kind of lighten up in the middle of the summer and then they get fired back up with team championships and, all the championship style events in the fall. So excited for this little bit of break right now. And more than anything, I'm excited to focus a ton on the podcast. We've got a lot of cool stuff in the works for the summer here. Really excited to have some of the guests I've got lined up in the coming weeks on kind of some roundtable style stuff. So excited to see that and more and more just monitor kind of some of this business side of the fishing world. And so today, as a solo topic, and I'd love to extend this on into the future with maybe a hybrid um, angler slash YouTube personality, but basically looking at the difference between the YouTuber and a media route versus a tournament angler from kind of the business side and and just my opinions on it. And again, this is these are my opinions because we don't have anyone else here to talk through some of this stuff, but... It's interesting to think through this stuff. I have always been honestly not super interested in the YouTube world. It's never been a place where I spend a ton of time. I know there's a lot of people that that's where they literally watch all their stuff. They watch they don't they don't listen to podcasts or watch the elite series even necessarily or watch a pro tournament. It's all done through YouTube. And so the YouTube angler There's no secret that there's there's a good amount of folks now making a full time income off of YouTube, and then there's obviously folks making a full time income off of tournament fishing, and there's a lot of differences between the two, and there are some good hybrid crossovers, and it's kind of interesting over the years, right? We saw like the whole YouTube boom and these, you know, major stars be produced in the fishing world and folks know all who they are and then pro anglers almost like creating like a laughing stock around these youtubers and then now you see a lot of pro anglers starting youtube channels and seeing the value um that that can bring so i think there's there's two sides to every situation and i don't think there's necessarily right route it's more kind of just comes down to what you want in your fishing career and so i just have a, a notepad here of my thoughts on some of this stuff and would love to get in a dialogue with people um let's see what we've got here i think the biggest thing for me was like tournament fishing was always something that i i love the comp- competition side that's my favorite part of it i really don't even spend all that much time fun fishing i'd love to do it it's a lot of fun but i'm either working or i'm tournament fishing and practicing for a tournament right and that's how i feel like a lot of guys are that are kind of full-time and also tournament fishing and then you have like some folks who are really really just love fishing and fun fishing and i think that's how everyone kind of gets into the sport and growing up and then um it seems like there's some folks who continue that and also tournament fish. And then, and then some folks who are like, why am I spending all this time and money to go chase tournaments when really what I enjoy through this is more of the fun fishing and um, maybe a way to make a living with that is to have that YouTube personality and build that business really around it. So really i think to start everything off it really comes down to what you want and i think i've explored enough fishing to realize that i love fishing i love tournament fishing but i really like the tournament stuff it's hard for me to just go fun fish and um it's not hard for me i should say but i don't see i don't get as much joy out of it as competing and sometimes there's times right when tournaments absolutely suck so that's kind of a uh There's two sides to every coin with that, but I don't think I could ever be just a full-time YouTuber. I'd have to be some sort of tournament fishing and that kind of a thing. And there are folks who are incredible at creating content on the YouTube side and don't necessarily see the benefit in the tournament side. And then you have kind of the folks in between. I guess a good example would be like a Ben Milliken tournament angler in Nebraska, like loved tournament fishing, saw kind of the YouTube thing. And, realized like okay wait a second i can make money with this there's not really a big barrier to entry startup cost to be a youtuber i'm passionate about it he enjoys the creation side and then blows up and now is kind of working back into the tournament stuff so i think there's a a couple different routes with this but the biggest takeaway is you can start a YouTube channel with a GoPro camera or some sort of camera and you can start just producing fishing content, bank fishing and all kinds of stuff and not necessarily need to have a boat or kayak fishing. And then you can really take it as far as you want. But it's, it's crazy to me because the the episodes that have, you know, fishing in a ditch on the side of the road, like those episodes seem to get tons of views, right? Compared to someone's tournament practice video. And I am not the person to talk about YouTube algorithms and that kind of a thing. But I think that that content is so much more relatable to a higher percentage of the population, right? There's so many people that can just go fish a local pond and see how to throw a certain bait versus the guy who's, you know, has a practice and tournament video at a Bassmaster Open, or an elite series event like that's just i think there's just a less reach of people when it comes down to that so um i think it'd be a naive to think that the reach of a tournament video could even get close to comparison to something that's more relatable to more people and i don't think there's a wrong route with either of these things but tournament fishing is an expensive deal and there's a big barrier to entry. You need to spend a lot of money, especially if you're going to compete at a higher level when it comes to boats and just your time off. You have to literally take career choice or own a business where you are limiting your working time to be able to fish more tournaments. And that's just how it works to be competitive. I mean, it's it's not very few people can be at John Cox and show up on a day of practice and do well in a derby. I mean, that's just how it works. So, um, Tournament earnings can be very, very good, but the, the majority of folks are making their money from sponsorship and that kind of a thing. And all of that can happen in the YouTube space. Like a YouTuber is making their YouTube income, but also they all have deals, right? Especially if it's someone that's, pretty well established through sponsorship stuff. So it's interesting to kind of see the differences. And I think part of that is finding out who you really feel like you are as an angler. Are you a fun fisherman or are you a tournament angler? And which do you like more or do you like them both the same? And I feel like that's not the same answer for everybody. And it really comes down to what you want. So those are kind of my main points when it comes to the tournament fishing versus YouTube thing. I think another thing I've been thinking about this last week is joking with some buddies up at Lake Owahi, stayed with uh, some some good friends. We all ended up making the state team that we stayed with together, so that was great. But we're talking about just how stressful tournaments are. And when you want to win so bad, it's like, It's so fun. I almost relate it to like a a hard elk hunting trip or some sort of hard hunting trip where before you're so excited, you love the preparation, right? Studying Google Maps, watching old tournament videos on that lake, prepping the boat for everything, tightening bolts for rough water, getting all my tackle aligned, all that kind of a stuff. Then you go and practice is fun and all that kind of a thing. Then in the actual tournament, right, like, there are fun times when you catch a five pounder, you're like, Oh my, like this is really, really cool. Uh, and there's times where you're like, I'm not getting bit like this is stressing me out. And you have that kind of stress level. And then after the tournament, that fun all comes back of like reminiscing on the experience. And I think that's a really important thing, especially, um, for myself in my twenties is like, these are memories that are going to last a lifetime. And I view that same way with hunting and things like that. But this tournament fishing thing, however far I take it, it's like these, these moments uh, I'm going to remember forever. And that feeling in the tournament and running back across the lake and five, six footers and big ones trying to get back in. And um, those kinds of things I think last a lifetime. But it's funny to think through the, the like roller coaster ride of like, it's really fun prepping maybe not as fun during the actual event they're fun times don't get me wrong and then it's fun again to talk about it's the same like okay you do all your prep for a big hunt um and then the moment of shooting the big bull archery wise so much fun and you get to call this bull in and then like you're like crap i gotta pack this thing out it's gonna be a grind and you're exhausted and the you know four hours of sleep a night, same with tournaments. And then you get back in and you're like, that was the coolest thing ever. And that's just, I don't know. That's, that's the way for some reason my head works when it comes to this stuff is I enjoy challenges like that. And it's not necessarily in the moment, but it's the before and after feelings. So just something to aside. But when it comes to tournament fishing, don't know if anyone else experienced that or if it's just uh, a couple buddies and I talking about it, but um, I think there's a good approach with the hybrid stuff when it comes to the YouTube and the tournament angling. There's a lot of guys now that you're seeing all these pro anglers putting YouTube stuff out. And part of that is done with an editor and um maybe someone doing stuff behind the scenes a lot of the time. Whereas the YouTube side, I think it's also the same way. A lot of them have full-time cameramen, full-time editors, but in the beginning it was, it was mostly them. Um, and I think that's a great way to stack incomes, I mean and and just your um, ability to showcase yourself to sponsors and that kind of a thing. If you're a tournament angler, there are still plenty of people who love watching that tournament journey on YouTube. and it's a great way Excuse me, this is a long drive back. Uh, it's a great way to up uh, really stack. Your incomes when it comes to tournament fishing i mean everyone's a independent contractor when it comes to a lot of this stuff and the more ways that you can better yourself and expand your reach whether that be through getting press of winning a tournament or producing a video that goes viral those are all really important things when it comes to uh building your brand personally in the fishing world so these are just my takeaways here recently kind of talking to different youtubers and tournament anglers and how all this stuff aligns and it's just such a crazy thing to me how it kind of all mixes and it's funny too talking to friends who aren't in the tournament fishing world who know john b and ben milliken on youtube just from a popularity standpoint and it's a they they love the value they get from an entertainment perspective and I think that that's the biggest thing to remember if you are looking at the content creation route is providing value to folks and that can come in a lot of different ways you know we talk about our fantasy fishing shows and there's a little bit of value there right on our picks on who we're gonna choose in what tournament and someone's getting some value maybe out of our insights at that but like at the end of the day I really feel like a lot of our, viewership on those fantasy fishing shows are for the entertainment like they like watching us all four or three of us whatever the situation is on the fantasy fishing show making fun of each other talking about the picks who's gonna win what like that camaraderie people enjoy being brought into that and they can relate to some of that with their buddies so that is that is kind of my thoughts there is like at the end of the day you need to provide value and um someone who i think has done a great job recently here is matt stefan on youtube um Zach Oros, pro circuit angler, who just does a great job of breaking things down, providing value from a learning perspective, not necessarily entertainment. Like a Brandon Polinick YouTube channel, right? Is so just such great um, videography by Kyle and just incredible mm-hmm. entertainment from that perspective. But it's not like, you don't really learn much watching that. And that's not true. Like you learn a little bit of like, okay, he set up like this, set up like that, but he's not like breaking it down. Right. Like, so I think the biggest thing is providing value. That's what we try to do with this podcast. And that is more of kind of my approach is like, I enjoy talking the podcast stuff. I really don't enjoy editing at all. So if anyone's out there looking for an editing internship or something like that, please let me know. Um, The serious angler brand is uh, looking to expand, but anyways, um, that kind of stuff to me is what I enjoy is more the learning perspective. That's why I think I'm drawn more to podcasts and even in the industry. And and I listen to all of them in the fishing industry, as well as outside of the fishing industry, just podcasts in general. I enjoy that learning perspective. I don't need to have it watching, watching something on TV, on the show. I can just be driving down the road and and gaining more knowledge about bass fishing, and that is uh, the coolest thing to me. But I don't know. Just some of my general thoughts. Just trying to crank out a quick episode before this upcoming Monday. We've got some really cool stuff in the works. We've got a couple media folks coming on the show, um, bass boat industry kind of guys. So. Um, I'm curious to see where all this stuff lands. It sucked filling up the boat, making a forty-mile run every day. Uh, last week, especially because overnight fuel prices went in uh, to the one of the gas stations in Mobridge, and she's like, "Yep, they just went up twenty cents overnight. Like gas prices just went up twenty cents." And it's like, okay, well, I'm putting thirty five gallons 30 gallons in the boat gonna drive the truck all the way home like these numbers kind of add up so not nearly the expenses when you come to a youtube perspective if you are able to produce content literally in your local pond that kind of a thing tournament fishing is just a expensive game but like if you love it it's hard to uh hard to walk away from something like that i don't think i could ever walk away from tournament fishing too far gone at this point so um That's just how it all works for me, and I think values change in life and that kind of a thing down the road, but um, gosh, this tournament fishing has got me in a a pretty good stranglehold, and the Bass, I mean, wow! Business from the Bass Boat and Serious Angler Podcast, all that stuff rolling on full cylinders here. It's just got me excited for the future. Really enjoy everything that's going on and the support from everyone, and uh, I know that was kind of a quick episode, just going over a couple of little simple thoughts when it comes to the youtube versus pro angler side it's just a i think a debate topic that would be great to have with some with some folks on the show so look forward to producing some of that those are just my opinions it's kind of a lead-in show and if you guys wouldn't mind leaving us a review on apple podcasts or whatever podcast platform you are listening to and then uh, hit that like and subscribe button on our youtube channel and we will keep getting things rolling so Anyways, folks, hope you guys have a great day. Start your Monday this week, and we will have the regular scheduled programming with guests in the next coming weeks. Well, that was an awesome show. Hope you guys enjoyed it. If you can and your app allows it, please leave us a rating and review. It really helps us get seen more this show does not happen without you guys. You guys know we appreciate you. You're the Sear fam. You're the reason we're here. Appreciate y'all, and we'll see y'all on the next one.